Welcome to the Do What You Love show, the place where musicians, artists and entrepreneurs share their inspiring stories and advice on how to succeed in the music business. Every week you'll receive new insights and tips on how to grow your following, get more gigs and make a living in today's rapidly changing music industry. Thanks for tuning in with us. Now, let's begin the show and do what we love. All right, welcome back to the Do What You Love show. This is Steve Jazz, and Michelle is actually my special guest for today. I thought, what better an idea than to actually get deep and personal with the man himself, Michelle Kroll. So, Michelle. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, feel, I feel very honored to be in the line of amazing guests that you guys had so far. Awesome. So, I'm... Um, Tell ev- everyone out there, all the listeners, a little bit about yourself, maybe some personal uh, history and, you know, what brought you to where you are today, perhaps, you know, family life, spiritual, anything you'd like to share. All right. Well, I try to keep it short and sweet. I was born in 83 in a small town close to the Baltic Sea in, in Germany called Grevesmühlen, and uh, I think approximately five to 10,000 uh, people were living there when I was born there. I grew up with my mom, single single mom. I, I've never seen my dad, actually. Um, but that was not a problem, actually. And, um, yeah, my mom always carried me around in a backpack. We grew up in a GDR, and so there were not many resources. My, you know, my mom was working full-time. She was actually uh, working as an electrician in a power plant, in a nuclear power plant, um, which is quite funny. And... Um, yeah, we definitely always, always wandered around. She always put me in a backpack. I was sleeping most of the times, and uh, then when we were eighteen, no, when we were when I was eighteen, I moved um, from there into the big city to pursue my music career. I started music when I was sixteen. I was a very ugly guy, lots of pimples, slightly overweight, really awkward looking. And me and my two best friends, we decided we need to do something to get female attention. And uh, that's how we started our first band called Nimbus 2000. And that really worked. Uh, a few years, a few months later, I got my first girlfriend. And, um, yeah, we were together for a long time. Moved to Berlin together, split up because I was an a-hole. Basically, I was cheating a lot. Um I think the lack of male role models definitely gave me a wrong sense of what a male role model is. Mm -hmm. So I was thriving for being a rock star. So I did that, played in, you know, seven, eight bands simultaneously, Uh, you know, was touring around, was, you know, making good money, was, um, had a lot of affairs and really tried to have it all. And then I think when I was uh, 24, I broke down and couldn't, couldn't move for two weeks and uh, the doctor said everything's physiologically fine with you 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 need to dig a little deeper and see what's going on here and uh, I think that's when I started to make lists and started to feel the power of honesty and from then on that became my highest value till till today and um, after that I found my first very big love or my second very big love after 
after my first girlfriend and got married. Um, still made a lot of music, started uh, becoming a songwriter for yeah for a lot of companies, Universal, Sony, uh, independent um, um, artists, myself with, with my own band. So we had a fairly successful band in Germany where we were touring a lot and had a lot of fun. And yeah, and then I got my first son. He he was born two, no, three years ago now. And um, my wife, who is Australian, dis- and, and I, we decided it's time to move back home for her, and it was time for me to move move out of Berlin. And uh, yeah, and two years ago, almost on the dot, we landed here. And um, yeah, I've I continued my 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 producing career that I started in, in Berlin and uh, had a lot of fun with that as well. I was working with a lot of great artists and um, yeah, had opportunities to work in great studios with great producers and, and engineers. And and now I'm really focusing on finding true voices of young artists and connecting them to the music industry. That's, that's I think, if you condense it down with my, what my mission is, that, that is what it comes down to. And I think we're doing that quite successfully here at USM. And I'm, yeah, I'm fairly proud of the work uh, that I've done and the team has done, that our artists has done, have done. And yeah, so I'm, I feel I feel really blessed so far. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You've, you've given us quite a lot in the intro. Um, all right. So for those listeners out there, first time might be listening to this. Um, and just to give you a bit of background, Michelle has worked with me and, and USM now for about two and a half years. Mm. Um, and in that time, I've seen a massive transformation um, in that I think what's happened for you, Michelle, is you've been able to join a lot of the dots in your own personal journey and now have this platform to really pass on at high quality uh, you know, based on experience and training. I know, you, you know you've got a background in psychology and you know, music and, and now the touring aspect um, and really fuse all of that together to pass on to all our members and our artists, which, you know, the, the, the results speak for themselves. So it's, um, it's really inspiring to see that. So tell us about what's your, what current projects that you're working on. Tell us perhaps some of the hacks that you've got going on in your life and, yeah, what's exciting you right now. Mm. Well, at the moment we, uh, we have three record releases coming up. Actually, one's just done with uh, K to the G, um, and she released her first her debut EP, mm-hmm. which got over thirty two thousand plays in two weeks. Wow. Uh, for new artists, that's that's quite remarkable. It's a great EP. That was K the G. Yeah, K the G. So Kazaya, Kazaya Federica. Okay. Um, that's really cool. Um, working with two. No, three other artists preparing for their uh, debut EP this term as well. So there's a lot going on at the moment um, here and and, and producing-wise. Life hacks, um, man, a lot. I think the biggest impact was setting goals. Mm-hmm. Tell um, us about that. Just knowing what you want to have achieved in a certain time frame definitely gives gives me a drive because I'm I'm naturally an extremely lazy person and always been and um but I always wanted to achieve great things and that obviously didn't work together and with making plans actually 
you can be lazy, but very effectively. You can plan certain times in the day where you want to have time out. You want to, you can set goals that are not just realistic, but a little bit pushy and a little bit over the limit that really forces you to think differently and to act differently. That's been extremely helpful. And listening to podcasts is uh, is a great resource. Um, I think having or you know in the first in the first years I, I had to travel back and forth from uh, from work to home and I was using that a lot to listen to audiobooks and to podcasts which was really really important to me to to understand the behavior of successful people and I tried to adopt a lot of those as well starting with simple habits forming routines in the morning like getting up so the first four things I do in the morning they they are always the same I get up I brush my teeth, I drink a cup I drink a cup of water, I make my bed, I go uh, meditate for 10 to 15 minutes, and then usually I go to sport. I get up usually at 5.20 in the morning, and um, everything from 5.20 in the morning till 8, 9 p.m. is my time. That's where I smash out all my personal stuff, that's where I do my personal emails in the end, but mainly really focusing about myself. Nutrition obviously is a big thing, um, you know, moving, those are really important things to, yeah, to become the person that you want. Because if you're investing yourself today, obviously you see the results tomorrow and then years from now. So, yeah, and uh, something, I think the biggest impact that it had, that it ended, ended probably my marriage. And um, that was really, really important because both of us, we weren't really happy. And I think understanding that the only way of living is moving forward definitely for me made me understand that both of us need to be happy and if we can't provide that to each other despite of trying trying things uh, then I think it's it is also important to have the balls to move on and um, and it's been it's been a turbulent ride since then I, I I can't lie about that but the thing is we have probably the best relationship that we had in years um our son gets a lot of love a lot of attention we're a very good team the three of us and um so i think in the end it works out really great and um yeah my my ex has, has a new partner as well that she's really happy with so it's it's been really quite dramatic and but quite freeing as well mm-hmm. and um yeah the relationships that i have to people massive improvement massive change Knowing that in order to gain trust, you have to give trust. Um, give away everything that you have before you ask for something in return. Power of gratitude, being grateful for little things. I mean, there, there are heaps of things that would probably, um, you know, take take us hours to go through through all of that. But definitely, definitely big, big things. And uh, I, I think a very big, big step was was doing the personal de- personal development course here. To really understand myself and understand how humans work on a psychological level, even though I have a, have a background in psychology, um, putting that more myself and applying more of a uh, positive psychology, which is what you know personal development mainly is, um, really helped me. And now, a lot lots of my clients to write better songs, to be honest to themselves, to create better practicing habits. Uh, to be more 
I hate the word authentic, but to be more authentic or to be more real. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big big shift. Excellent. So for the, again, for the listeners out there, I mean, Michelle is now thirty three. Um, 35, actually. 35, sorry. I, know, I look like 30. <laughs> wow, you're going quick. Um, <laughs> and for someone, you know, who's been a songwriter and pretty much done, you know, spent most of his time in the studio, most of his life uh, as a musician and, and touring as well, you know, this is exactly the the reason why, I guess, we see so much value here in using these principles and these universal laws and tools to help creative minds systemize prioritize organize their life so that they're getting results you know and spending years of in the studio working on your craft can uh, can only take you so far when you use uh, essentially both hemispheres of the brain both the creative and the logic you you fuse the two and you know you start opening up new possibilities is that what you saw started to happen with you did you see kind of notice notice a point where things that you know the creative with the, the structured, disciplined, accountable side of you came together? Is that describing yeah, what I'm, happened? I'm definitely a right-brained person, Very, yeah. I think very creative. I think most artists are. Yeah. Um, definitely was a typical case of being too creative and, and focusing too much and too little on the, okay. on the organization skills and on the rational um, behavior. But that's the key, man. That's uh, simply simply the key, and yeah, organizing those two together and seeing that they actually work hand in hand together instead of actually taking away from each other. Right. That I think. So was there a fear there for you, thinking that if I was to get structured, that I'd lose my creative worth and? Yeah, or it's 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 something that I'd never really valued. Right. Right, because. You you know when you when you look at biographies of of artists or look look at their newsflash or something you don't see the organizational work mm. you don't see that they are actually a company right mm. you only see like oh they've been back in the studio back on the road talking to this person hanging out here so this is this is just a very unsexy part right. and this is something that we don't want to know mm. and i think that our brain also preserves us from doing because it, it 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 requires effort and it also requires you know giving in and saying like oh wow i actually have a long way to go from here you know and our brain tries to protect us from things that are uncomfortable right so and i think that's where that's where we need to kick in and say like well it's you know life is not about how to cruise the easiest, but find your passion that you're willing to suffer for. Yeah. And what's what I find extremely uh, ironic is when we you know working with musicians, musicians have gone and studied and trained, and you know whether it's their vocals, their craft in the studio, they apply these same concepts and principles when they're working on a new piece. They're identifying the problems. They're you know repeating those problems. Oh, obviously solving those problems yeah. um, and they're dissecting those problems and they're finding outside help, mentors, YouTube tutorials to get through that so that they can you know, play this song and polish it from start to end and put on a brilliant performance. That I think, you know, if, if a musician comes to terms with understanding the mechanics behind how they're growing musically and can apply that in their life, how they can grow as, as people in, in their communication skills, you know, selling skills from a stage, you know, whether you're busking, organizing your time um, that's when I guess all the parts integrate and you know we just start to really 
exceed our own expectations yeah. and, and yeah. Well, I mean, but, but think about it. That is really hard. That's really almost like waking up from the matrix, you know, mm. from, from the movie. Because think about it, musical education, since the beginning of musical education was always from people who were artists themselves. So, you know, you, you start maybe, you yeah. know, guitar when you're like five or six or whatever. So who is it taught by? It's, it's taught by a musician. It's taught by an artist as well who just has his limitations as well. So he's really good at his guitar, yeah. but it's, it's also just surviving because he or she is teaching, right? Um, so that is the limit that we're doing and uh, that, that, that we're dealing with as kids. And then, you know, you go to a conservatory or you go to uni and also there are artists maybe higher caliber and they make you a better artist but all that they artists learned from their teachers was to practice and only to practice and focus on their art so it's the whole system is designed to fail the whole university system is not designed for you to be proficient as a as a as a company as a one-man company or as a whatever company you want to build you you never been shown that your music is a product that you need to be able to sell and communicate with that's the whole problem. And I think it's never been taught to understand how music is... Um, I use this analogy a lot late, lately, and it seems to be working, and that is music as like a natural element, like fire. You've got wind, uh, um, you know, air, fire, and water. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was to try to sell you fire, it's like, how could I put a price on fire? It's a natural element. But I could sell you the matchsticks. I can sell you the firewood. I can sell you the campground. So, that, you know, the tickets, the admission to our concert, the experience, the tools, the equipment, um, you know, the subscription to Spotify, the platform. So we can sell everything around it. And I guess that's when it starts to really open up the possibilities that this is a game of sales. It's about, you know, branding. Uh, and these days, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on this and how music industry has evolved? It's, you know, especially when the Internet came out, we're, ex we're exposing we're becoming independent professionals. We're learning how to create marketing funnels online and you know, sell our merch and define our niche target market. Mm. What do you think is happening there and why do you think that's happening? Well, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the development in the last years. It's, it's decentralized. You can, with very simple methods, you can create beautiful music um, and you can distribute it yourself. You're not dependent anymore on big labels on big distribution channels that are very expensive or even hard to get into these days. Tell us about that. Like, this for all the listeners out there, yeah. because you were there. Yeah. You were signed. Yeah. And we were signed now you're, you're producing artists, but you're you know, giving them the tools to be able to do this themselves. Well, just, just uh, so imagine you, 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 know, you have a song yeah. with your band, right? Yeah. Or as a singer-songwriter, you have a song, you've wrote the song, you perform the song, so now you want to turn that into, into a product, into something that you can sell for others. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you need to record it, which costs money. Mm -hmm. Then you need to um, distribute it, which costs money. So the distribution um, agencies who are taking care of that, your CD or your song gets distributed on streaming or you know physically in stores etc then you usually have a management as well which helps you to you know get contacts and you know connect you to the industry and and look for further channels and you have a publishing um, agency as well who's trying to you know bring bring your song everywhere then if you obviously label concert agency and so all of the so all of those things if you're lucky and you have those they, of course, want to have a piece of the pie. So in the end, that leaves you, when you have a dollar per song, around three to four cents per song mm -hmm. in the past, right? 
which is still good if you have all those people working hand in hand together and creating something that's literally 100 times better than you could do alone. Mm -hmm. So there's still there is still a market for that. But I think for 90% of musicians, that is not the right channel. So we can actually record with a simple $300 setup. You can record something at home, which sounds almost identical to something in the studio, because the the, the plugins and and, and the you know the technology is so far advanced. Obviously, that takes time because the most what you pay, especially when you work with the producer, etc., is you pay the expertise, you pay the the the, the experience. But in the end, if you, the more you do yourself, the higher your revenue is. Mm. And that's beautiful. You can, you can study online courses about online marketing. You can do that all on your own. And you can distribute your music for little to no money to potentially 5 billion people. This is, this is a new age. It's, it's, and, and I know that a lot of people are complaining, but they are complaining because they don't understand or they don't want to grow out of this 70s mindset that still is in most people's heads that you play in a little bar and the A&R, so the arts in relation of a big, you know, of Sony or Columbia comes in, loves what you do, and then you get signed for millions of dollars and then from there you're rich and happy, live happy awesome. ever after, you know. <laughs> that is just a fantasy that... Even in the 70s, it rarely happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a nice story, but it is just that. It is a story. So we have the tools now and we have the capacity to do that. Yeah. But I think it's just waking up to that. So do you so. think the, so a message to all the artists and who are, you could say, in that total creative mindset, they're in the studios, it's all about the music. What is the first step for them to take that mindset and move into the new possibility into the new music mm. industry uh, where they could start learning these tools and principles and you know perhaps seeking mentors and surrounding themselves with people that can help them make a living yeah. doing what they love what's that that key decision that they need to make right now yeah. that changes everything well let me tell you a story I'm, I'm working with a with a hip hop artist at the moment and uh, two weeks ago um He's looking for new songs and, and um, uh, working on his first EP, which we'll record in, in a couple of months. And so, and he came to me and said, like, how do I know what's, what songs to put on? And I said, well, who are you writing for? Who is your biased persona? Who is your avatar? So I think that is the, that is the most important thing. If you don't identify that or first know that you're not writing for yourself, but you want to get into a market, into an industry, you need to first realize that your music is a product and every product needs to have a market. So since this music market is pretty highly saturated, you need to find your micro niche, right? So it's, I think it's essential to understand that you don't want to appeal to everyone in the music market, but just to one person or to a very, very small group and really tailor your product, meaning your songs, towards that market so this hip-hop artist he wants to appeal especially and we gave his person name i forgot the name um but he's around 15 16 he's shopping at different you know at, at, at a certain hip-hop clothes store he's uh, eating fast food he feels lonely he feels misunderstood he feels angry because he can't, can't turn to someone he feels you know lost in in this world of being digital 
you know, ab absorbed. And so this is now opens a lot of doors, which means like now he can create beats who are more aggressive. He can actually speak to this one person. And if we look to music that was really touching, we, we get the feeling that this person wrote this song for us and only right. for us. Right. So that is the first and most important thing. And then coming to that, you will have questions coming up. You will have things coming up that you don't understand to get there. May it be song structure, may it be how how do you record the song now, how do you mix and master it, and then find a good mentor to do that. I think a mentor just saves you heaps of time, heaps of money, uh, can can provide you with uh, with answers that you would come up with yourself maybe in 10 years from now, where a mentor can save you a lot of time. and. And you can leverage from that or find online courses. Even I do online courses if it's if it's pure mix, you know, for mixing or, um, you know, Mind Valley for more, you know, spiritual um, things. So there are a lot of places these days. But I think the beginning always has to be the question, who am I writing for? What is my product for? And coming from that, every all the other questions type them into okay. Google. <laughs> so, okay, so do you think sometimes people might get stuck on before they identify what their service or their message or brand is, yeah. who it's targeted for? Do you think they have, there's perhaps even a moment where they need to reflect on their own values and, and just be real with themselves to acknowledge what's important to them um, for some? In that circumstance? Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you 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 want to you want to reflect what kind of artist you want to be. But I think, again, most important thing is like when you have identified that is really identifying your listener, right? Your ideal customer, your the the person that you want to connect with, the person that sticks around. You know, in the end, you just need your thousand super fans to to really create long lasting success. You don't need the millions. And so what we're doing is we're kind of dating and creating a relationship with the common values, common beliefs, yeah, common clothing, common fashion. And, exactly. And, and finding that and doing your research around that yeah. is, is crucial before you enter the studio. Well, I think a studio is it's not, it's not always necessary, you know. It, it is necessary when, you're, when your listener is, is, is a high-fidelity hip-hop fan and is used to a certain standard and is maybe middle 30s yeah. and has been to a couple of concerts and been around for a long time and needs a certain standard and is not mainly hanging around on YouTube. But if your main target is 16 or 15, 16, YouTube is the main media source, well, then forget the studio for a couple of years and make a lot of YouTube clips to connect because that's where your audience is. And then when you have a backing and you have the money, you know, from, from an income from YouTube, etc., and you have the necessity to actually create a product, then you make the product. And it's not making the product and then create the necessity for that product. Yeah, and we see this time and time, yeah. time out. People going to expensive wow studios with, you know, 100 channel consoles, spending 5000 for their first CP, realizing that it hasn't been designed with the end in mind, with the target customer yeah. in mind, coming out and wondering why they haven't sold any copies, not having no strategy behind that, um, and then sort of reverse engineering or going backwards in that process. So that's really valuable advice for all the artists out there um, and all the listeners. So, Michelle, I really appreciate this your time today. You're more I think, than welcome. Um, it's a great story, and I look forward to going deeper into your story um, at, at some point in the future. And yeah. uh, How can people uh, get in contact with you? Well, I'm very open with my communication, so you can 
either shoot us a mail through USM or if you want to have a question direct uh, direct at me, shoot to me at michellecrollmusic.com, uh, gmail.com. And, um, but I'm here most of the day at the Universal School of Music, so if I can help you in any way, man, that's why we're here. That's why we created this this beautiful facility here. So let's do something. Stop procrastinating, guys. The most important thing, as Charlie Chaplin says, 80% of success is actually turning up. So turn up and do something. I know there are so many creative people here in Australia and worldwide. Don't let that go away. Don't let it in into your day-to-daily grind job that you don't love. Do what you love, guys. That's your responsibility in life. And if we can help you in any point of the way, we're here. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michelle. You're welcome.